It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And bar. I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab. Yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Talkin they can press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot yeah. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, Boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Cavill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is still on assignment, but we're going to get you all your information in terms of inside the HBC Sports Lab. We'll get into some mid-major basketball talk. Uh, might even provide some updates on some games of the major division to think about this week. We get a time to get into it. Uh, with that being said, Charles, I see you doing your 50-year anniversary with Public yeah. Enemy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a little Public Enemy gear, one of the greatest hip-hop groups to ever uh, Don the stage, so I had a little bit of merch that uh, came to me over the uh, Christmas holidays that I had to show off today. <laughs> I liked it. 50 plus one now. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff showing up, closing out the year. With that being said, let me informally talk to everybody and say, welcome to episode 477 of Inside the HBC Sports Lab Radio Show and Podcast. 477 is the countdown to 500. The show that's covering the sporting HBC dash for all things HBC sports. But institutions large and small, from the NEIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBC sports culture and HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBC athletic programs and the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Yadakaville, along with my co-host, Charles Bishop. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live, Caseways 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, Ralph Cooper, beautiful home at Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. As we get going, uh, we will have a guest coming in here. Herbert will bring it in after our first segment. He's what we call in our HBCU basketball analyst. So he's a specialist on HBCU basketball. He's going to take you a tour 
around all the conferences. And we're going to let Charles mix it up with it a little bit, ask him some questions, get his knowledge and his thoughts, who's hot, who's not maybe, what to expect for these weekends as we are in the first week of conference play for the major division, multiple weeks for the mid-major division, so a lot of stuff going on. I'll tip out my top five, Charles, and I'll get to see what you say, which is always important. But since we got a guest, we'll let him weigh in a little bit, maybe give him a little shine, see what he thinks about before we get too deep far into this and see if we'll be able to welcome him back. You know, we just want to make sure that he's on his P's and Q's. We'll see uh, his talent on display. With that being said, Charles, what kind of news, HBC of the Week news, has you excited or has you pondering? What mood are you in for this HBC week as we travel past hump day? Well, we, you know, we got a lot of, a lot of stuff going on in HBC news, but I, I'll start with what's on the script so far. So we got South Carolina State coach Dennis <laughs> Barry. Yeah. He, he names his assistant coach. This coach us from HBCSports.com. As new South Carolina State coach Dennis Barry has named several assistants to his staff. Uh, and this is a statement from Coach Barry. I'm super excited about the men we have joining our coaching staff. Uh, this is an experienced staff with proven track record. They have won at every level of football and coach NFL players, all conference players, as well as all Americans, while winning championships throughout their entire career. These the staff can recruit, retain, develop players, and ultimately ensure that they graduate. We chase the A's, B's, and championships and degrees, said Barry. They also are great teachers of, uh, and, and great human beings. So those guys that will be on his staff, Jonathan Williams will serve as Barry's offensive coordinator and quarterback coach, while Jordan Odifer. Uh, will serve as a defensive coordinator, linebackers coach. Uh, both were on staff with him at Benedict College, and they led, of course, high-powered uh, offense and swarm of defense to lead the nation in several categories in Division two offensively and defensively. So, a uh, big news coming out of South Carolina State is, you know, they they they, they they're, they're on to the next phase. They're aiming the system, so they got the coach, and you know. <laughs> So they know how to move on. Yeah, they, they know how to get a coach and move forward. So. Yeah, that sounds difficult this time of the year. For some reason, it's been a little difficult for a couple of people to get a coach. I don't know what it is, but hey, uh, I'm just saying. Yeah, Great well, point. Not, but I do yeah. notice that you can't get away from football. So since it is what it is, yeah, <laughs> I will ask you this. You notice all the folks getting in the transfer pool from Benedict? And uh, hitting down the road, if you would, <laughs> to South Carolina State. What do you yeah, they got a nice little pipeline, and, and, and as well they should. So we'll see if those guys can make a transition uh, from uh, playing over at Benedict to South Carolina State. But uh, when you got a talented base of guys to to, to go ahead, and, you know that's that's the initial foundation for the recruiting uh, piece, and you know what they bring to the program. Why not bring them on too? Before I get into some basketball news. I do want to ask you this and get your thoughts on this in all seriousness. You know, obviously talent is the one. And, you know, people have their opinion in regards to how much talent is at the Division II level versus FCS level, particularly for HBCUs. But I'm more interested in the fact that these are players that pretty that know his system. How much easier does that make the transition when you have several key players that you obviously think can – fit the system, match up with other FCS players that have been there in terms of the quickness of a potential turnaround because you have players that just – what are your thoughts on that? Well, first and foremost, I, I mean, just the, the talent piece alone, I, I tend to 
I don't, uh, I, I guess uh, uh, from a, a Division One perspective, I don't see that big a difference between uh, the guys that are playing at uh, uh, the, the Miles and the, and, and the Benedict of the world uh, in terms of transitions to FCS uh, uh, football. I think these guys can play football. But I think, number one, it, it obviously helps to know the expectations of, of the coaching staff and the familiarity of the coaching staff. And uh, there is, um, you know, I, I think – hurdles that they will not have to deal with, whatever the football terminology is that Tennis Berry is bringing with him from Benedict to South Carolina State. You already have one leg up in terms of bringing in guys who know the system, who are familiar with what you're doing, and you can just <clears throat> take off and go forward. So I think it's, it's it's great in terms of having some of those guys that you can bring with you up to the next level. <clears throat> well, you know, we talk about some folks can't make uh, football hires or whatever that means, or at least doing their due diligence, we'll give them that. They're doing their due diligence. Extreme due diligence, yes. They're doing extreme <laughs> The Little City State University announces men's basketball coaching changes. So uh, we just get into basketball season. We already got basketball changes. So I thought this was a little interesting. A statement on Monday, Elizabeth City State, uh, Director of Athletics, James Cabos Jr., announced the appointment of alumnus John W. Richardson III is interim head coach of the men's basketball team, becomes the eighth coach in the program history. Coach Richardson brings with him a wealth of experience that we believe will aid him and our team as we continue the season. Quote. Interesting in terms of that, that's not something that you always see. So I think it's certainly something to follow, but uh, I was intrigued about that now in terms of changing in coaching, particularly during the basketball season. Uh, you already got your uh, quest for football championship host season, 25-27. I think that's going to be interesting for the CIAA uh, to see uh, if it moves and where it may move if cities get in to host it. Obviously, I've been interested to go to a CIAA football championship game, but the location for me coming out of this place makes it a little more challenging. So it'll be interesting to me uh, just to see if it gives me a chance to kind of chop that off uh, off the old bucket list, if you would. So I'm fascinated to see what that looks like. And just the fact that you, you know, going through the bidding process, it's a chance to talk about the business side of this and what mm -hmm. people look like. So I'm fascinating to see uh, what that looks like when you talk about that type of information. With that being said, anything you want to add news of the day before we take this break or you want to get on out of here? Well, I mean, I, I think we can, you know, kind of touch on uh, obviously some of the things going on uh, with regards to family. And I think you've you made some, some some great thoughts in terms of uh, looking at whatever this process and whatever is going on down in Tallahassee. Obviously, uh, a lot of us have, are looking at uh, what's happening down there with uh, wary eyes uh, to see how things have kind of transpired since Celebration War, uh, since the uh, departure of Willie Simmons and now uh, where they are. But I, I wanted to kind of ask you, you know, in terms of from your perspective, thirty thousand foot view, you know how how do you look at what's happening out there? Well, I appreciate that question. For me, you know, my habit is to look at it from a very business perspective, a consulting perspective, and for all those involved, particularly on the outside, because it's always challenging to talk about people in their business because mm -hmm. you don't have the nuances. Most people are just taking Philly information that they see on social media. They may have a relationship with an individual, so that natural bias takes place. Uh, and so, or, you know, what is for or against. Um, and so that means they'll slant 
their statements, arguments, debates, discourses, whatever you want to call it, in an area that um, really doesn't become reflective. So where I come from is one to try to do my research to really dig around what are the key issues. So one of the things that is to me, it gives people that or have a desire to get in athletics a learning opportunity, right? Uh, and it, for those that want to understand athletics and speak on athletics from that perspective, it also gives you a learning opportunity. So from the gist of what I get of what's taking place at Texas Southern or FAMU for that matter, uh, is the ability to communicate. Mm. Uh, you really need to understand the needs and being able to effectively communicate. Some people just say, hey, I talk, send out emails. But part of this is the effectiveness of your communicate com com communication, if you would. But it's about understanding your stakeholders, right? Where they are in the, within the organization or outside of the organization. How do you communicate with them effectively on um, your goals, of what you're trying to do with the organization, why you are trying to get these done. And this is a case where no matter which side you want to um, support, if you would, or think that someone may have been done, it's very clear to me that the inability to communicate your vision with multiple stakeholders has not taken place. And to some degree, even at Texas Southern, as I said. And so those are things that I think that you want to really consider and look at. How does that happen? Right. And those are the questions I think that you ask. How do you prevent it from happening again? Uh, and and, those type of questions is where I go with it. And, and, and the question that I, I posed earlier uh, today when we were uh, kind of talking about it is, is there ever a point or what's the line in which the stakeholders barely becomes full. I mean, can you ever satisfy the multiple stakeholders that come to the No, party? I don't think you can. You can't satisfy everyone. But I think that's a mistake. Everybody is not necessarily a stakeholder. And I think we do not do justice when we consider just fans stakeholders. They have a level in interest in this. But when I talk about stakeholders, I'm talking about internal to your organization. So that's who you direct, report directly to, which is a president or chancellor. Uh, and to some degree, your board, because your president or chancellor answers to a board. In some cases, ADs uh, will answer to a CFO, sometimes depending on the organization. So you might want to put that in there. And if you're talking about a coach, then obviously you're reporting to an AD and all the ones above that. Uh, then you have your external stakeholders, which are going to be your National Alumni Association president who heads that. That's one individual or whatever. It's one individual. So you need to make sure that uh, you have a bridge in terms of that conversation. And hopefully, uh, for whatever reason, that relationship does not deteriorate where it doesn't exist. Uh, and usually when you see that, you don't have very good functioning organizations, which means it's going to be very difficult to win. You can do stuff, but most organizations where you look across the board that they have the most success, there's communication to those stakeholders, uh, including booster groups, right? And again, 
That doesn't mean that you're talking to everybody in the booster group. That's nearly impossible. I'm not insane. I understand that. But key folks in key position in those booster groups. And sometimes you just have people that are bigger than life in regards to them ability to navigate the culture. And they can make your life miserable or they make mm. it easy. You need to understand what that looks like in the culture. And again, I want to make this clear because people get confused and whatever their ability to hear and listen is not there. Um, and I'm not saying that you do what these people want. I'm saying that there needs to be a line of communication in regards to laying out your plan and you being receptive to hearing what they have to say. Right. That's a difference between not hearing anything or not effectively talking to people and communicating your vision. That's the point that I really hope that we have an understanding because we'll get lost in all this quagmire and all this mud, which is very surface level. Right. That's that's the social media echo chamber that I often talk about. And we allow that to dictate the vision that we have and what we hear. And we get lost in these minute conversations are going back and forth and we're not really listening. It's, for example, it's in a relationship uh, where you have an individual um, that is talking to you. You're so in a debate, a dialogue that you're trying to get your port across that you don't listen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're in trouble when that happens. Mm -hmm. You know, listening is an effective tool that people that have success have the ability to do. So let me let me follow that up <clears throat> and ask this question. Key stakeholder brings their thought process of what they think is a good candidate. How do you navigate as an AD? I, I appreciate that, but come on, really? This come on, you can't you can't give me that. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, and I've had the pleasure, and I won't tell names because it's not fair to them, but I've been around multiple ADs, multiple BPs, multiple provosts at different institutions at different times in my life uh, that have been shown me and I've listened and heard them being very effective about how to listen to somebody and effectively say no. Mm. There is an art in that too. Sure, It is amazing to me at times. And I've seen some people that are so good at it, the person that got told the no actually goes away happy. <laughs> That's an effective tool. It's the, one of the most crazy things I can ever see. Because mm. I'm like, I'm amazed. I'm like, how did the heck you do that? I'm talking about the person coming in extremely disgruntled. Sure. Mad. If we just going to put it on the street. Person, calm the person down, listen to everything. Didn't tell the person the answer they wanted to hear. Sent them away and the person was happy. <laughs> Don't tell me it can't be done. I've right. seen it. I've lived it. To be real with you, I've done it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No doubt. So let's go to our next break and get on the other side. Thank you for those questions. Uh, I think hopefully our listeners had a chance and, and maybe take a little something away from that. Let's go to our first break and we'll come back on the other side. As technology continues to bring changes to the world of education, it's time we also reimagine teacher professional development. Gone are the days of one-size-fits-all learning that can only be accessed at a specific time and place. 
The Stride PD Center is an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that allow educators to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. The best professional development plans are those that include a level of flexibility and choice for educators. Whether you're a teacher, school, or district, visit us today to take charge of your learning. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton, Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, and who the ball, so listen to Professor Yesler yes, and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Charles Bishop and our guest, the HBCU Sports Analyst, courtesy of the HBCU Nightly, Herbert Seward. Thank to you, John. Man, it's, uh, I got to say, man, it's, it's an honor to be on this show. Uh, anybody that's ever followed HBCU athletics, HBCU culture, and if you don't know about Dr. Cavill, I just don't know where you've been at. <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, the checks in the mail, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Man. Uh, I mean, it's a real, you know, for somebody that has followed HBCU athletics, been immersed in the culture of HBCUs in general, like I have, it's an honor to be on the show, for real. Yes, so oh, I appreciate you're it. good. You don't matter what you say about the poll, we're bringing you back. You dropped all the news. Let's get back into it. Let's get in this top five of the poll rankings. Herbert know what he's talking about. I told you he was a HBCU basketball analyst. Look at him. He's already getting it done. Let's get into those uh dropping out. Nobody this week, so we can run through this pretty quickly. 
in terms of those receiving votes on the women's side, this is the top five programs. We're going to give you the top two of those receiving votes, Miles Golden Bears, the Lady Bears there, Tuskegee Lady Golden Tigers. The B Lady Bears come in at 9-1. They are 6-0 undefeated in conference play early part of the season. The Tigers right behind them. That's last year's uh, Dr. Ville's HBCU mid-major division women uh, national champions. The Golden Tigers are back at it at 8-3, and 5-2, just outside of the top five. You said with those records, man, what does it look like to be in the top five? Well, let's see. Mm -hmm. Number five, we have Virginia State, the Lady Trojans, 13 and 1, 5 and 1, 51 points. They stay at number five out coming out of week zero. Uh, at number four, you have the Rust Lady Bearcats, and that's the Virginia State Lady Tigers, I should say, out of CIAA, as many of y'all know. Rust Lady Bearcats out of the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference, 13 and 3, 5 and 1. We have a colleague that comes on HBC Sports. HBC nightly, I should say, during the football season. He's putting in work right now. And he had with along with the head coach, he has the Lady Bearcats at 13 and 3. Bring us to number three. Maybe a surprise or song. Kentucky State Lady Thoroughbreds. 11 and 2, 7 and 0. One first place vote, 60 points. It's just something about the thoroughbred names that make me nervous when you talk about on the women's side, but it's the mascot. And number two, Xavier Louisiana, gold. The Nuggets are 9-2, 6-0, undefeated in GCAC. Uh, one first place vote, 74 points. At number one, Fayetteville State Lady Broncos. Man, are they rolling. 12-1, 5-0 on the season, and they look good. But wait until we get that Fayetteville State and Virginia State matchup. That's the one I got my eyes on early on. We'll see if it lives up to it and give you some dates to start looking out for it. Before we go to our guest, Herbert. Uh, Charles, what are your thoughts on the top five mid-major for the women? Uh, first and foremost, shout out to the Rust Lady Bearcats. That way I can sleep peacefully in my house tonight. So I, I want to make sure I get out there. <laughs> but, you know, very interesting top five, especially uh, the way some teams have jumped out there. Uh, Kentucky State uh, is a team that, that, that caught my eye in terms of what they've been able to do uh, thus far and, and Rust as well. But, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're just starting. We're starting to get into the thick of things. So I got a bunch of questions ready to go. Yes, Charles uh, has a special connection in terms of <laughs> in his household with the Rust Lady Bearcats. So that was a smart move in terms of that. I Shout out to my wife. So I still can come over and visit and maybe partake in the weekend fun. Uh, because we did our part. With that being said, we're going to go to the guru, HBC Sports Analyst, none other than Herbert. What do you think in terms of the top five? I like it. Um, to be honest with you, I've, I've absorbed so much basketball in the last month and a half um, <laughs> that I am literally catching up on CIAA and SIAC women's basketball. So mm. admittedly, I have, foot, I have footage and, and film that I still got to watch. But one thing that I want to make clear to folks that are watching that have a, a quote-unquote opinion about Division II basketball, there's a lot of really good basketball being played at that level on both, both men's and women's side. And for lack of a better word, the pedigree that's been on the women's side more recently, particularly in the CIAA, has been excellent. Uh, when we're talking about those legendary Shaw teams that made runs, um, there's been a lot of really, really high-profile ladies that have come out of that. Um, the name Kentucky State really sticks out to me because, to me, they've kind of come out of the blue in terms of them being um, 
on the national stage in terms of women's basketball at the D2, at the D2, D2 level. And more so being representative of SIAC. Um, on the men's side, we've, we, we kind of already know what the commodity is there. Um, they have a really, really robust conference, a lot of really good coaches, especially this year when we get to that rule, you know, I'll, I'll be able to go into a little bit more detail, but I'm really excited to see how this conference season plays out in the SIAC and in the CIAA. Um, I think the CIAA is going to be a dogfight. I like Virginia State. Um, the way from the games that I've seen them play, they play a pretty exciting brand of basketball. Um, they like to get up and down the court. They're really, really good defensively. Um, and they remind me a lot of the Division I um, program that we'll probably talk about a lot when we get to that portion on the women's side, and that's Norfolk State. They mm. remind me. Um, it's, it's really exciting to see this process play out for the women, especially at the D2 level, because, um, again, it's a brand of basketball that we don't get a chance to see often. Um, in terms of visibility in comparison to everybody else in HBC basketball. So, you know, the poll that you guys put out, you know, I'm solid with it. Um, I might have some, some uh, differences of opinion once I watch footage. <laughs> we'll bring you back. Charles, jump in here and ask a follow-up question. Well, well yeah, I mean, and, and for all those fans that are, you know, turning the page from from December football to uh, learning who, who who it is that we're taking a look at in January. Who are some names, uh, either players that are coming back or or players that are popping early uh, that people need to start paying attention for? Again, that's a good question. And like I said, for me, that comes with watching footage. Um, admittedly, most of my exposure so far this year has been at the D1 level. Um with teams at the women's and men's level for D1. So I really need, I'll be able to offer that more once I'm able to watch extend it in terms of point out, point out players. I'm not one to just look at stats and say, oh, that guy's going to be really, really good. Or that lady is, you know, is going to be make a diff be a difference maker. Um, to be able to actually watch games and to analyze exactly what teams do exactly, you know, what strategies they use, how they play, you know, how they utilize mismatches, matchups, you know, that's my thing. And so I when you look at the film from that, that question, and obviously you go into that level of detail, how long does it take you to break down a, a team? A Man, it, it, oof, okay. I mean, admittedly, I was just watching some footage now of the Alabama State, Jackson State game uh, prior to coming on the show. And it takes a bit. It, ta it takes a good deal of time, especially um, if you know that this is a really high-profile matchup and the teams are evenly matched and a lot of the nuances are going to come to how you execute, how you play defense on either end of the floor, mm. whether you exploit matchups. Um, good example, uh, this last game uh, that we just had between North Carolina Central and uh, Norfolk State. Um, if you watch that game, you had two excellent coaches in Robert Jones. Oh, and yeah. um, that entire game was a chess match. Um, you had two, you had two really, really high profile backcourt rotations that were really going at each other. Uh, Fred Cleveland Jr. And again, we'll talk more about this in, in a later segment. 
But, you know, you have Fred, you know, Fred Cleveland Jr., you know, Jamari Thomas going at each other, Alan Bertrand, you know, sticking, you know, really clutch threes in, in critical times. Um, and the game was a defensive chess match, how to exploit matchups. Um, some one period during the game, you saw Robert Jones tossing a mean one three one that really disrupted exactly how Norfolk State, you know, how uh, North Carolina Central was playing for at least two or three series before you know Coach Moten made an adjustment. And, and I love that when you're looking at the game and you can see those kind of moves um, taking place, and you're watching the action, but also you're watching uh, coaches' timeouts coming out of timeouts. Uh, them yelling on the sidelines and trying to get players to do certain things. I love watching the game from both uh, vantage points. With that, let's take our next break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll get into some mid-major division on the men's side, give the top five get, uh, updates and see what Herb thinks about what's going on at the mid-major level on the men's. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this next break. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational, powerhouse, intelligent, and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice dot com. Always on, all the time. Nope. Nope. Come on, him? Ooh, I like him. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The Quicker Picker Upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the Quicker Picker Upper. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection 
of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. It's time for the 2024 Urban NerdCon. Join us in Atlanta, Georgia, April 26th through the 28th at the Cortland Grand Hotel. Special guests include Underworld creator Kevin Grievous, Gary Gray from Fairly Odd Parents, from Nickelodeon Giovanni Samuels, the Science Machine Michael Green, the Sci Fi Sisters, and from Spaceballs and Star Trek Voyager, Tim Russ. Hi, I'm Tim Russ. Join me April 26th through the 28th at the Cortland Grand Hotel in Atlanta, Georgia for the Urban Nerd Con. Our heroes, our villains, our stories. Everyone con. I'll see you there. Live long and prosper. Visit theurbannerdcon.net to get your buy one, get one free badges before the price increases. Remember, our heroes, our villains, our stories. Everyone's con. See you there. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah. and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gonna teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab with Charles Bishop and I guess Herbert bringing us uh, some updates in terms of HBC basketball analysts. Guru is what we call it on this side of the platform, giving you all you need on the basketball. Check him out. HBCU Nightly show coming on Fridays. Uh, you can check out and get all your information in terms of what to look for in terms of the basketball weekend games to do. He'll go back and tell you what took place last week as well. But as you see, he's going to take you inside the court, inside the gym, take you back to the locker room and draw it up and let you know what the coaches are drawing up in a lot of ways. So he's going to give you some insight that you cannot get anywhere else. With that being said, we're going to stick it on the polls and see if he still gets the invite back after we talk about the men's side. I think this was a little easier, particularly when you get at the top of the division, but he may have some thoughts in terms of who's one and two when you got national rankings on the line. With that being said, without further ado, let's get into those teams. Nobody dropped out this week. Top five of the top five. And they didn't even move around. With that being said, receiving votes, you have Clark Atlanta Panthers. Man, they started out undefeated with some big non-conference wins against top-ranked teams. Mm-hmm. They get in the conference play and stuff the toe a little bit. But they bounced out of late, nine and three overall, and three and three in the conference place, which may tell you a little bit about the SIEC. We shall see. Miles Golden Bears right behind them at nine and three, four and two. Uh, Miles. Golden Bears had a tough matchup with one of the teams in the top part of the poll. We'll see what that looks like because we're going to go to the CIAA for number five, which is Winston-Salem State Rams, Stephen Gaithers Rams. They're in the top five this week in week number one, 11-3-5 and 0-4-7. Fifth place vote. They are rolling, playing some really good basketball in the CIAA over there. At number four is Xavier. Gold Rush, Louisiana, top 25 NIA program, sitting at 9-2-5-1, out of the Red River Athletic Conference. 58 points. They did drop this week because number three, Talladega Tornadoes, 12-1-4-0. That's out of the NIA as well. 64 points. They move up a spot this week in week number one. 
Number two is Benedict Tigers, one of two undefeated HBCU basketball teams across the board, ranked nationally at the Division II level, top 10 program, 12-0, 7-0 in conference place. They had a win over Miles Golden Bears, three-point game in that contest. So interesting to see what it looks like. You have Langston Lions sitting at 12-0, 13-0 now. This poll came out on Tuesday. All eight first-place votes. 80 points. Some may people say maybe they should give some of those first place votes to Benedict Tigers. With that being said, we're going to go to our guest, Herbert. What are your thoughts in terms of what's taking place as Langston Lions sit in the top of the ranking as the number I'll, two Dashley at the NIA level? I should have had that, but please jump in here. I'll start by saying, um, and I think I said this earlier on, on Spaces uh, for HBCU uh, Nightly, that and on on the dark, you know, Lord Elon's Twitter webs or whatever he's calling it these days. Um, there's one legit national championship contender, um, you know, in mm. terms of mid-age basketball for HBCU basketball, and that's Langston. Mm. Uh, Langston, you look down that roster, that roster is not a typical NAIA roster. That roster is chock full of not just Division Two, but Division one talent. You know, if you took any one of those kids in, you know, the first 10 of that roster, the starting five and that and the and the five coming off the bench and put them at a CIAA program or SIAC program or, you know, any number of mid-major programs at the D1 level, they not only look like they would belong, but they would, you know, really establish themselves as really productive players. Um and Langston's coach, Chris Wright, is, to me, I'm really shocked that he hasn't gotten a call from other places. Um, uh, he had a national championship run with Talladega. You know, another, you know, and the fact that they're in the poll um, now and that culture that he built there at Talladega, he's pretty much transplanted at Langston. Um, anybody remember a couple of years back, uh, those guys, you know, were in the national championship game against Loyola, Loyola of Louisiana, I believe. And they, they almost pulled it out. You know, they, I think they ran, I mean, they had an incredible run through the tournament, ran out of gas, probably the last three minutes of that game. Um, he had a lot of talent on those Talladega squads. This Langston squad is comparable to that. And when I, and I, I don't say that lightly. Um, those guys have a real legit chance of winning that in the NAIA national championship. Charles, so, so the, you got a question? Yeah, I, I mean, so, your thoughts. Yeah, Go so ahead. the obvious, obvious question is, what is it that Langston does so well? And it kind of dovetails into what my guess, my question is, is who is this year's Tougaloo uh, that made that run last year? You Basically, we're looking at Langston being a team, but what is it that they do so well, and who are who are the names that we need to start paying attention to? They pressure. They pressure a lot. Um, they remind me, again, a lot of what Chris Wright was doing at Talladega. Um, they're powered by guard play, um, and the in the games that I played, they've gotten a lot of balanced scoring from throughout their lineup. Um, there are some pe- folks on the roster. Let me bring up the roster here real quick. Um, that really stick out to me. Um, one of the things that really, 
you know, gets me in terms of their roster is, is their interchangeability. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at that team in terms of how they play defense against, you know, their rivals, uh, you look at, you know, the starting lineup, 6-3, you know, you have a 6-7 guard in the lineup, a forward uh, that normally, you know, you would expect to play on the post or play three, but in some cases you'll have Majak cool off run point. You know, you'll have him run um, sets where he's actually he's actually initiating play. Mm-hmm. Um, they get a lot of production throughout their bench as well. And I think from the games that I've watched of them this year, um, again, they hang their hat on their ability to pressure and to get out in transition and to get really good primary and secondary shot opportunities. Um, they also score well from the arc, which is if anybody's watched college basketball this, you know, and throughout, you know, the last couple of years, being able to score and shoot from behind the arc is like platinum. And it's quite literally become a staple for how people play basketball at the college level these days. Um, one other squad that you mentioned in the poll, uh, Winston-Salem State kind of does the other way. Um, mm. They hang their hat on defense. Mm. Uh, they're 11-3 this year. Those guys, you know, are, are as about as tough a defensive squad as you're going to find in the CIAA. And the CIAA this year is a little bit different than it has been in past years. You look at division north and south. Um, normally, you have traditional powers like uh, Virginia State, Virginia Union. Um, and, some, and more recently, you've had you know some tourney runs from Link, from Lincoln University. Um, you're normally used to seeing those schools have better records than what they have now. But if you look at look at the conference this year, all the winning records are in the South, and that is a testament to how much parity and how much talent is kind of spread out in the conference in general. Um, it also tells you the job that that Winston Salem State has done being remaining consistent because the South is pretty much it, South has been pretty rough this year in terms of you know competition. Um, Herb, Herb, let me ask you a question. In terms of the SIEC double, which one you see is the deepest on the men's side? This year, I think Charles has a follow-up. Yeah, this year I'd have to say say the SIEC. Just from just from the squads that I've seen, I mean, well, first, I mean, you can't discount Clark, Atlanta, and Benedict have done. Um, Those guys, I mean, that makes that that league extremely top-heavy. Again, Benedict. I got a chance to see that game against the gut, you know, against the college um, in person. And those guys are legit. Those guys are athletic from positions one through eight, and they can get up and down the floor. Again, you know, the MO for those guys have been, uh, you know, pressuring the ball, really getting out and getting out on the break and utilizing the opportunities to get easy shot and get easy shots or easy shot opportunities and, primary or secondary break situation. But when you slow them down, they can execute in the half court. They've got one or two cats that can really create off the dribble, um, that can really create shots for themselves and others. Uh, And they hit shots, which is something that, 
again is at a premium in college basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, so, let me, let me ask this question. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, let me ask this question. Is it too early or too too early to start circling matchups? I mean, I see uh, yeah. that uh, you get Benedict goes to Clark this weekend. Uh, but is it too early to kind of is it too early to kind of tell or or should we can can we kind of start circling some matchups like hey this is a game you need to pay attention to? Not at all, especially in the SIAC. Um, that cl- that return visit for Benedict and Clark is going to be a that's going to be a barn burner. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they played at Benedict the f- uh, first. There's a, it's going to be home and home, so they're playing at Clark this time. Clark is tough at home. Um, anybody that's seen Clark, Clark or Morehouse play um, in that classic back in that classic matchup, or seeing Clark play in general, they're mm-hmm. tough at home. Uh, Tuskegee's tough at home. Uh, Tuskegee, uh, the last couple of years has had—I mean, they've been under the radar a little bit, but they've had a really, really impressive basketball product um, in terms of what they've meant in the CIAA. Uh, return matchup with Miles is going to be a hot, it's going to be a showcase matchup. Mm-hmm. I think they've done an excellent job with that program. Again, that's one of those coaches where I'm surprised he's still at Miles, given there were some vacancies, you know, yeah. and other places that he could have moved to. Um, I agree. You know, and Miles, if you look at Miles and you look at Benedict, they're kind of mirror images of each other in terms of how they play. Um, the tough defensive mile. I think Miles is a better half court executing offensive team. Um, but for this year, I think there's there's certain things that Benedict does that really kind of set them apart in terms of how they execute offensively and their ability to turn people over, um, not just with the press, but in half court situations. They play pass lanes extremely well. They're extremely quick, um, and you know, it's it's really hard to to get out from in front of them defensively. If you got guards that are trying to pin, get into the lane to create opportunities for others, it, it's legit hard to get to really shake them. You know, conversely, yeah, that, re, that rematch uh, with Benedict and Miles should be fascinating. Miles went to Columbia. That was uh, back in December, mid part, and it was a seventy uh, to sixty seven contest. To give you some indication of what you're talking about, Mark Burns, yeah. um, and as Charles alluding to, uh, as we want to see if we can keep you for one more segment, talk a little bit about the major division. But Charles, before we do that and get in a break, I did want to give your opinion on my top five. I don't want you to escape out of here without being able to give your thoughts, uh, uh, making sure that I'm good to go with my top five on the mid-major division for the men. Yeah, I pay attention to uh, what's the same state Benedict. I mean, those two teams that have uh, obviously uh, jumped out, Benedict undefeated thus far, uh, and and I'm just curious to kind of start paying attention to them more and, and kind of learning uh, what it, what it is they bring to the forefront. Like I said, we kind of turned the page a little bit in football, so now <laughs> <laughs> you, you're starting to kind of pay attention to what's going on, uh, especially at the mid-major level and, of course, at the major level where we start getting into conference play a little bit now. See, you heard when I tried to give you some love, and they still want to turn the page back. <laughs> Stick with me right back after like this girls, break. Man. My football head is my football head. It's basketball <laughs> hard. Let's get some yeah, love man. in here. Stick with this me right back after the break. We'll give you a little bit on the major division, key games this uh, game this weekend from both uh, Herbert and, and see what other questions Charles might want to ask. Then we'll close it out. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this next break. Itchy. 
squirmy, scratchy, family not getting clean? Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get him. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. <laughs> <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? At Hampton Law, our primary goal is to provide non-traditional yet effective solutions and redefine the approach to client legal concerns. As your trusted legal advisor, we believe in sophisticated, personalized services that eliminate the confusion and complexity sometimes associated with legal matters. Our high standard for client care and concern, coupled with our extensive legal knowledge and skills, make Hampton Law a resource focused on the protection of the client's interest and overall goals. We value our clients and truly enjoy working with them. Visit thamptonlaw.com to conveniently schedule an appointment online. Tamika Hampton, Esquire, 1631 Rock Springs Road, Suite 336, Apopka, Florida, 407-494-1471. thamptonlaw.com Nope. Nope. Come on, him? Ooh, I like him. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. From printer and novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. When it comes to analytic data with your hip hop, if you know them like I know them, they're gonna tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah, and who the ball, who so listen to Professor Yes Sir yes, and sir. pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Will with Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is out on assignment, but we got an HBCU analyst, basketball analyst with us today. That's Herbert Sword, the third. I get that third on there. I like that. Those uh, rumor numbers there. Sounds nice. You know, my son is the second. We call him Deuce. Shout out to Deuce out there. 
uh, as he's getting it done as well. With that being said, let's get into some of the major divisions. I know you actually got a game that you're kind of keeping your eyes on tonight uh, that you wanted to talk about key matchups. I told everybody on Tuesday we got bonus basketball this week uh, because of the Martin Luther King weekend. Uh, the conference and the coaches worked together to put a couple of games on Thursday such that Alabama State and Alabama A&M could play on Monday, Martin Luther King holiday, and they could go down to Mobile and get that done, which means we get bonus basketball on Thursdays. With that being said, before I ask this question, I want to sneak this in there. As they were doing the expansion, there was a little bit of talk where we were, I was had a chance to work with a couple of the SWAC schedulers and talked about creating this flex schedule that actually had games on Thursday, Saturday, and Monday. You talking about being able to, especially now you're getting into television, I wonder if that will be something that will be reconsidered going forward. This is example of what it looks like in terms of two games on Thursday. Um, which one is the one that you want everybody to keep that on? Well, tonight I think there's one game uh, in particular. That's Alabama State and Jackson State um, and Montgomery. Uh both Jackson and Alabama State got off to really good starts um, uh, to the conference play this week. Uh, Alabama State went on the road and eked one out of Mississippi Valley State and then came back and won a, 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 what was projected to be a really difficult game at UAPB, uh, given the mm -hmm. scoring prowess for UAPB. Mm -hmm. um, but they actually pulled away late in that mm -hmm. game, you know, just by hanging their hat on what they – you know, really become the best, you know, one of the best in the SWAC at, and that's, you know, defense. Um, they rank at the top mm -hmm. of the conference in terms of def defensive efficiency and um, and scoring. Um, and I, I got to say, um, what Tony Matlock is building there right now, uh, is, uh, he's starting to get the types of players that he wants to get in there, and you can kind of see the vision of what he wants. He pressures a whole lot. Mm -hmm. The team is extremely long. And they don't turn the ball over at all. Um, they still could be refined a little bit more in half-court situations, but one of the biggest acquisitions they, they picked up in the transfer report was the NAIA All-American transfer, uh, C.J. Hines. Um, point guard, dude is legit, you know, and that goes to, that goes to say for folks, and I, I hope that the kids that are watching this show um, understand that you can play at pretty much any level. If you can play, people are going to see you. Uh, whether you're playing at the NAIA mm -hmm. level, whether you're playing at Alabama State, whether you're playing the SWAC, MEAC, or any other place, you know, within uh, collegiate athletics. If you can play, somebody's going to see you. Um, I think CJ, for that team to acquire him, and they've had, and Alabama State had a pretty impressive recruiting and uh, transfer portal class in its own right. But he's been a key. He's been a catalyst for them. Um, he's transformed how they play in terms of, you know, how fast they push the pace, the decisions he makes with the ball. Um, he's a lead guard in his own right. And he's really effective scoring at all three levels. Um, and again, he doesn't make mistakes with the ball. He really, he's really rock solid in terms of running an offense penetrating when he needs to and protecting the ball and not turning it over for easy opportunities going down the court. 
Um, Charles, I know you had a question you want to follow up. Yeah, yeah, I want to follow up. Uh, I could talk about Alabama State, Jackson State tonight, and you mentioned C.J. Hines. Uh, but Jackson State, very talented team. Uh, t- tell me a little bit about Chase Adams because he seems to be the straw that stirs the drink for Jackson State's basketball team, near double, uh, near triple-double uh, against Alcorn this past weekend. But great matchup in terms of C.J. Hines and Chase Adams going to each other tonight. Yeah, Chase Adams he brought a smile to your face when he mentioned his name. He's like, yeah, yeah. yeah this, 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 this one of the best point guard matchups you're going to see. Chase Adams a dog, point blank. Um, again, you're talking about point guards that are effective lead guards that set teammates up, you know, for, better, for really good scoring opportunities and can score themselves. And Chase Adams is amongst the best in the conference at doing it. Um, if you saw that game against Alcorn, you know, there's points during that game where he just took over. And he just, you know, nobody, none of the Alcorn guard rotation could stay in front of him or keep him out of the lane. He gets in the lane, it, there's one to two, there's one to three results that's going to happen. He's going to get fouled. He's going to find the open man where he's going to score. And that in itself is something that um, it's really going to, Tell me, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens tonight, you know, when this game gets started, because Alabama State has done a really good job of keeping people out of the lane. Um, not only keeping people out of the lane, but they're one of the best rebounding teams in the conference, along with Jackson State. So it's really going to be a matchup of strengths tonight when you see this game take place. Um, Jackson State is insanely talented offensively for this conference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether we're talking about post play, whether they're talking about Colty Young, um, Colty Young is an X factor for those guys. Um, uh, O'Neill, who's making a return, you know, to Alabama State as a transfer. Um, he's been the main beneficiary for having a point guard like Chase Adams there. Um, it's been really, really incredible to see how that's come together. And it's come together for those guys in the last couple of weeks. There's been some for both of these teams, there have been some matchups with some pretty high-profile Power 5 teams that um, were really eye-opening. Um, I know for Alabama State, they went on the road and gave, you know, Ole Miss all they could handle. Um, uh, after the the team that, that that Jackson State played escapes me. They played a couple of Power 5 teams, did the same thing. Missouri. Missouri. Is, yeah. Missouri is a talented program. Um it's going to be a really, really interesting matchup tonight. And mm-hmm. I know, I, you know, I've already purchased my, uh, my membership <laughs> for the Hornet Network so I can watch the game. Shameless plug. To Good. My boys. We'll, we'll make sure we bring you to talk about it and break it down. Uh, and, <laughs> if you need to, make sure I get my cheat code. Oh, I'm not supposed to say that out loud. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dr. Table. I'm gonna pay. I'm gonna pay my penance. I'm gonna pay my <laughs> membership fee. I'm gonna pay my membership fee. I, I'm gonna support the Hornets over there. With that being said, Miak, before we let you get out here and give it a close, uh, anything to match a uh, watch key on the Miak this weekend, whether it's men's or women's. Obviously, I'm not sure about the women's race in the Miak Norfolk State. I think the question is going to be is what is going to be the average margin of victory throughout the season. You talking yeah. about any upset there will be. Yeah, no one that everybody will be talking about it happen. But I guess then I'll say that maybe more on the men's side. Any key matchup we should keep our eye on this weekend? Well, right now, I think for the MEAC slate, it's going to be clean until Monday. And okay. Monday, you've kind of got, you know, the Martin Luther King Day games that are going on, Morehouse and Howard play. 
um, at Howard. Um, last year, Morehouse kind of took it on the chin, um, which, yeah, I mean, I get that while we play these games during the middle of the season, but sometimes, you know, it can kind of not, some of those games don't have to be played, um, but I get mm -hmm. it. And I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not too disappointed with it. Um, Norfolk State plays Virginia Lynchburg, which is going to be really ugly for Virginia Lynchburg. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> Norfolk State, I mean, anybody that's seen Norfolk State this year, that Norfolk State, North Carolina Central game was ridiculous. Um, Norfolk State is extremely talented. That guard, that guard rotate, the two guard rotations we saw between Central and Norfolk are amongst some of the best in all mid-major basketball um, at the D1 level. Um, you got Christian Ings, Jamari Thomas, who's a potential MEAC, you know, first team uh, player of the year candidate. Um, Alan Bertrand, another transfer from Ryder that has made that rotation extremely potent. You got George Beal coming off the bench, who, again, is it's a I mean, it's a ridiculously talented team. Um, Good stuff. One team. Let me, that, let me get your thoughts on this before we um, close out and get you out of here and let you get into some of that because I know you got to uh, make sure you get the kickoff there and we don't want to interrupt that part of your matchup uh, with Alabama State and Jackson State and Charles is going to get on and uh, do what he needs to do, check it out as well. I did want to ask this. A lot of ways, I think MEAC, if we're fair about it, you know, MEAC has had a, a level in terms of what they've done at the conference play with the top teams, particularly Norfolk State. Basically, in a lot of ways, what they've been able to do with the non-conference schedule and get those victories mid-major-wise. Norfolk State has locked that down and been able to do it. Uh, but over the last two years, I've been a kind of keeping up with the kind of MEAC swag matchups. There's not a lot of them, so we got to put that on the table. It's not a full MEAC versus swag, swag versus MEAC. But there are a couple of matchups there. I just want to get your general thoughts on what this is. and I, I know it's not a lot of data to really drive it in, but, you know, SWAC had – um, nine total matchups against HBCUs this year, uh, as well as the MEAC, oddly enough. It was even. Um, six of those games were against uh, wins against HBCUs overall, and three specifically in terms of MEAC matchups. Mm -hmm. uh, and while um, five wins for HBCUs for the MEAC overall matchups with those independent programs, whether it's Hampton, North Carolina a t or Tennessee State, and we'll bring you back maybe to get in a little bit about the independent programs, whether it's A&T on the women's side, Tennessee State on the men's side, and let you break that down. Um, but the MEAC had two wins against the SWAT. So the SWAT went three out of five against that. Most of those neutral site, you did have one game that was at a SWAT arena and the other one at a MEAC arena. But what are your thoughts about those matchups just in general? And would you like to see more of them, I guess, is really the fundamental question. Absolutely. I mean, me personally, I think there should be a SWAC MEAC challenge every year, honestly. Um, that's something that both conferences could really do. Yeah. I mean, it, you see other conferences do it, you know, whether it's the Big East, the ACC, you know, the Big 12 um, and the SEC. Um, I mean, the fact that the SWAC had um, not, I wouldn't say a challenge, but had, you know, a partnership with the Pac-12 um, last year that really benefited the SWAC. That was, to me, was really out. 
in terms of some of the matchups that we saw. And I want people to really understand that a lot of what we see out of HBCU mid-major basketball at the D1 level is completely contingent on scheduling and what we have to do in terms of scheduling to quote unquote keep the lights on, to do a whole bunch of other things that are more so program maintenance things than anything else. And Mm. um, that's not really, a lot of times we look at records and we look at like, for example, this year we look at SWAC and we look at uh, the records coming into conference play. I try to tell people it's like, that's not really indicative of what the SWAC is in terms of basketball. There's a lot of really, really entertaining basketball going on in the conference. Um, Last year, yeah, last year for the MEAC, the MEAC was incredible in terms of talent up and down the conference. You know, Howard does, you know, pulls a double, which hasn't been done in a, I mean, I think the last, I think the last squad that did it was Norfolk, if I'm not mistaken, that did the double. Um, That squad last year for Howard was extremely talented. Uh, You got two transfers that are playing D1 ball, one in the Big Ten, one in the A-10 right now. Elijah Hawkins uh, running point for Minnesota. Steve Settles playing ball for Temple. Um, Mm -hmm. Lots of talent on that roster. There's a lot of talent on that roster now, although point guard play is something that they're going to have to clean up if they hope to have any of the same success they had last year and starting to really show itself in conference play. Um, As far as the matchups between the conferences go, I think that's something that's cyclical. I think that's something that Really That's varies from season to season, and how teams are made up, and what, and ultimately what the matchups are, because matchups really drive college basketball. If we're really talking about, um, you know, conferences versus conferences, you know, it depends on who matches up, you know, where the mismatches are, you know, what the strength of the teams are, and that changes every year. This year, I for you know to a game, I think the SWAC teams that were played have been you know, a little bit more versatile on both sides of the ball in, in terms of what they can do defensively, in terms of what they can do in terms of disrupting offense, you know, from, you know, their opponents and taking away the strengths of what their opponents can do offensively. I think the I like the way you I like the way you broke it down. That's one of the best answers I've seen in, in terms of analyzing the x particularly for basketball. I'm sure that's both on the men's and women's side. It's so yeah. much of it is is matchups. And that's the beautiful thing about basketball. And that's why I love having this conversation with you to be able to get into some of the nuts and bolts that we don't always get to do for basketball. So we uh, look forward to bringing you on regular uh, over every couple of weeks to get into this and what that looks yeah. like in terms of the matchups, uh, to do a little more of that, uh, specifically the takedown and matchup. I will say this. Um, I was working with the athletic director and he, he gave us some consideration in him to see what he can do. But looking at an eight-team HBCU basketball classic uh, that fi- featured uh, a three-game guarantee um, mm-hmm. in terms of a championship division, consolation division, and fifth place and 17th, seventh place uh, framework over three days where they all got three games. So fascinating what that may come of it. And to your point, as we close on this note, Charles and I got a chance to talk to Commissioner Steeles at the cricket celebration vote about that question about basketball matchups. She likes the idea. She was up front with us and said she believes it's coming sooner 
than later. Mm-hmm. So I'm keeping my eye on that, and I'm glad that you brought that up and remind me to bring that to the listeners to talk about the fact that we might be coming to see some MEAC SWAC basketball matchups in a MEAC SWAC type challenge. So uh, you heard it with, with Herbert talking about bringing it on. It needs to happen. So with that being said, we're going to bring it quick to up, a close. Quick update. Now, before we, yeah, quick update before we get out of here. Uh, Jack State, Alabama State ladies uh, side of the ball. Uh, Jack State on top of Alabama State, 71, 49, a minute, 36 to play. Texas Southern transfer, Adriana Avent, 17 points for Jackson State tonight. Not surprised. Transfer. That's hey, the we're women's about, side of it, right? Men, women, women's side of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're talking about women's basketball in the SWAC. That Jackson State UAP UAPB matchup is going to be amazing. Uh, yeah, will State Green Adriana that'll be a good one. That's going to be that's Ooh. that's going to be must see TV there. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, no teasing people out here. Let's see if well, we can get a couple of these other scores while we into it. Uh, we have a Friday matchup with North Carolina A&T and Will. Williams, so, but let's go to the OVC, Tennessee State on the women's side, see uh, what they got going on to see if they've righted the ship. Uh, they sit at one and three. Uh, they're off uh, this Thursday, so they don't jump back into action on until Thursday. So as Charles talked about in SWAT, giving you your updates before we get into the men action later tonight. Uh, we also have the Alcorn State at Alabama a and 57 to 50, that's in the fourth with 447 left. And as Charles said, Jackson State is doing what they do over Alabama State with 206 left in that game. Jackson State now leads 71 to 47. Good stuff, good stuff there. Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and and colleagues, I am Dr. Yadika Bill, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Hope you enjoyed our guest, Herbert Sword III from HBCU Nightly, our HBCU basketball analyst. You can catch him on Friday as part yes, of the HBCU Nightly as he does a basketball uh, review, deep dive into it. Check him out uh, on his platforms. You can go to HBCU Nightly. Check him out on Twitter. What's the handle there, Herbert, on Twitter where people can follow you? The Twitter handle is HHLSeward3 um, on Twitter. And the show that you were just referring to is going to be called HBCU Hoops Weekly with Herbert Seward. Um, that's going to be next, first episode is going to be next Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we're going to have some pretty good guests. Uh, I got a couple of colleagues uh, my boy, Coach Payne, uh, Live for Hoops, which is, you know, she's going to be locking down all the women's hoops. Uh, my boy, HBCU Pass, and some other uh, pretty special guests I got, in, I got in mind. So if you can, man, <laughs> tune in. I'll be listening. Yeah, tune in. And, um, I'll be there. Yeah, I mean, for those of you guys that have followed uh, entities like Dr. Cavill, myself, the folks at HBCU Nightly, uh, I can't help but just be really humbled and say thank you because it's something that um, it's a passion of ours, as you can possibly, you know, see me personally. I'm a, you know, I'm an IT guy that works in tech that happens to love HBCU sports and culture and has been <laughs> connected to it for as long as, as I can see, as I can remember. So 
um, the fact that we've kind of got this outpouring, you know, for the product that we're putting out makes it all worthwhile. And we really appreciate it. No doubt. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday and Thursday, 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest in the news. Make sure you get out and watch your basketball, HBCU basketball. If you can't get there, make sure you turn on the station and get it and watch it. HBCU Go ESPN uh, has a lot of matchups. And then go to YouTube and watch the independent schools as they put it up as well. Follow me, Dr. Nyata Cavill. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Make sure you get on to your HBC Basketball Weekly as well, HBC Nightly. Check out Herbert Seward as the third as you get into the basketball season if you want to get updated of what's going on. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter. Uh, oh, what's X, formerly known as Twitter. I like the dark world, cloud, whatever you want to call it. You're right. Facebook, <laughs> YouTube, Inside the HBC Sports Lab. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Course. Roy. Lecture. Dismiss. Impress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot left. And who the ball, ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach a 